Welcome to Let's Get Unraveled, a place where artists from all walks of life come to share their unabridged stories and speak openly and candidly about their creative journeys. We're so happy you're here. Hey everybody, I'm Ko Hodges, co-founder and lead instructor at Unraveled Academy, and today I'm super excited to be chatting with Sam Dell. Sam has many things to Unraveled. She is an expert, a moderator, an instructor, and a truly beautiful soul in our community. And today we're going to talk about her creative journey and her journey through motherhood and adoption. So Sam, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So let's start with this. Can you please tell everybody where you are at in the world and what work you primarily do? Yeah, so I'm in southern Minnesota, and I'm a stay-at-home mom um, that does photography part-time. Awesome. So let's dig into your family story. I know this is kind of like the meat and potatoes, what we're going to be talking about. (laughs) Um, And when we first met you, we were kind of entranced by your story. So I'm excited to be able to like chat with you about this. Yeah, we definitely don't have like your fairy tale love story. <laughs> it's very like, I'm just going to be very real and very candid, yes. like the truth of our story and what it is. Um, so we met, I met my husband when I was really young. He was my older brother and my sister's friend, actually. So he was older than me. He's about five years older than me. And I was like in love with him. I was 12 <laughs> years old and I thought he was just so handsome and obviously just like, way out there for my reach. You know, it was like I was young or whatever. Well, he was actually attending the University of Minnesota and I was a senior in high school. So technically we weren't, shouldn't have been dating. Like I was still, I wasn't quite 18 and we laugh about that to this day, but, um, he was the, the drug dealer, like he would deal marijuana from the university down to our little town. So he was kind of like that middle guy bringing that, that pot back for all these small town people. (laughs) (laughs) His family still lived here, but um, basically he was just back to bring that to people in our town. And we ran into each other and he just was very flirty and we started chatting and we spent that whole night together talking. And and then we just kind of hit it off. We dated casually for a while. So I basically was his booty call when he was in town. (laughs) Yeah. When he was in town bringing... Dealing drugs, exactly. It's so and romantic. He was such a jerk. Like, I'm serious. He was not a nice guy, but I was so like young and infatuated. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like loving the thrill of it all and um, sure. kept dating him, even though like I totally deserved so much better. Sure. And so I ended up getting pregnant. It was very unexpected. And I thought for sure I was going to be on my own. I mean, he was pissed. You know, he was mad. And I wasn't, it wasn't yeah. like, you know, it was a shock for sure. And he, it's so crazy because he was so mad that he was like threatening me. It's like, he's probably going to be, he's not embarrassed of the story because he's a completely different person now. But, um, I mean, he was telling me, you know, you have to have an abortion. Like we're not doing this. And I was like, well, I'm, I've decided that I'm going to have this baby, whether you're around or not. I have the support of my family. He eventually came around, like I wasn't asking him to, but he just had a change of heart and um, we moved in together and we tried to make it work and we had a really rocky relationship and he was lying to me about dealing drugs. Like I hadn't wanted him to do that anymore, obviously, because we're having a baby and he told me he wouldn't. And, you know, I had this baby and I was like, so young. I was 19 or was I 20 when I had, I was, you know, I was really young. And, um, he just changed my life. This child, like, I didn't even think I wanted kids, but I was like this newfound 
love that I had never experienced. And I knew without a doubt that this is what I want to be as a mother, you know, like changed me. And so I really got plugged into like my roots of faith. It was like kind of how I was brought up and I joined a church and had like a great support and I was still with him, but he was lying to me. So I was like driving our baby one day and I knew he was lying, but he made me feel crazy because like he would lie and and he'd cover it so well. And, you know, so I ended up um, pulling the car over and I was driving our son and I looked in the back and in these huge paint buckets were pounds of weed in the back of the car. And I'm like, if I got pulled over, I would lose my child. I would lose him and I would be in jail and, you know, and it's not worth it. So I finally had the courage enough to leave and it took like, it was so hard for me, but I, I was done. I was in every sense of the word done. I wasn't expecting him to come back to me, but he broke, he was broken. Like he hit yeah. rock bottom at this point and like went to my mom's. He was there every morning at my mom's at like four in the morning, just crying on her lap and like mm. begging her help. And so she didn't know what to do. She called our pastor at the time and he really walked Nick through some healing things. And, and he ended up becoming like a completely different person. I saw these changes in him that I was blown away by. Um, and so we kind of communicated, well, if we're going to get together, let's, let's have a family and a marriage and let's do this, you know, let's make this a family. And, and it was like kind of the only way I'm not putting up with anything less than what I deserve anymore. And so, you know, that's where we ended up is now five kids later. And he's a completely (laughs) different person. Like he's so amazing. Like he's so amazing. He loves me so well and he will do anything I want. And he's given me five kids, even though he really did never want any. So, I mean, he's a hundred percent an amazing father, an amazing husband, and he's got a complete different person now. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. So tell me more about like your, your guys's choice to have a large family and everything that was intertwined into the adoption process for you. Okay. So do you want me to kind of explain the adoption process as well? Okay. So, um, a large family for me is just kind of about as the older you get, the more friends kind of fade away. I mean, we have friends in it, but it comes and goes. And I want to be older around a table of children and grandchildren. For me, it's just like, I love that. And everybody's not the same, but like, for me, it's like, each child I have, I have just as much love for each one. And it makes me feel like I could do this a hundred times, you know, like I just love it. And I love every moment and every detail and everything about it. So for me, it's just like, it's just kind of been like getting him on board. Like we got to be on the same page with that. And he's always like the logical thing, like I'm the one that's paying for this. You know, like So that's kind of always been our thing. But, um, you know, we were, like I said, we're plugged into this awesome church and like social justice for me was just such a thing. Like I wanted to, help kids that needed water. And, you know, like my heart was always burning for these things. Like I just had such a passion. It just, I don't know. It just was like welling within me. And I just would, um, I have, I'm such an empathetic person. So I just feel, and I, I censor everything through the lens of like, if this was me and if this was my child and it breaks me, I'm like, I literally feel what other people are feeling. I I believe like it's crazy. So I started thinking about adoption and at first my husband was not on board with it, you know, cause it's a lot of money and he's thinking right. logically as he does. And I'm kind of like the free spirit, like, Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And everything <laughs> will just work out, you know? And right, right, right. <laughs> but, um, so I would look at websites, like websites of children needing families and my heart, I, I would connect with them. I felt like at points that looks like my oldest son or, 
oh my gosh, my heart just burns for him. And it was like, I almost felt like God was saying to my heart, like, this is my child. Who will take care of this one? Or who will love this child? Or who will mother this one? And it was like, I will, I would do that. Like, I will love a child this way and as my own. And it became such a reality that like my husband realized that and got on board with me and we started the journey of adoption. And so, and then, yeah, I can kind of explain that process to you as well, which is kind of another whole story (laughs) in itself. And I I had to condense this really because it's such a beautiful and detailed story. There's so many like little things that happened that were impactful, but for the sake of this, um, conversation, I will just put the most important details in there. But, um, you know, immediately when we thought adoption, it's like, oh, Africa, Asia, you know, all the places where there's poverty and any third world country. And that's just where my heart went immediately. You know, we never considered domestic adoption, but my girlfriend had given me this article and it was on domestic adoption and it was this woman and, you know, it was a great read or whatever, but we just immediately went with, um, um, international adoption and we found this agency and we narrowed it down because each um, adoption agency has like different qualifications. You can only have a certain amount of kids or right. you have to make a certain amount of money. You have to be 35 or, you know, and we were young. Right. And so it really narrowed it down to a few places. And my heart was always drawn to India, but it didn't work for us at the time. India's adoption was closed. It kind of closes and opens. It's weird, like the way it works. But we just, we settled on um, South Korea and we spent, I mean, the application alone was like $500. We spent thousands of dollars between applications and classes and paperwork and about, I don't even know how long it was. It was months of our time for them. They were so rude to us. It was like, Oh gosh, they kind of were like, well, where are you getting the money to do this? You know? And we're like, well, we'll take out a loan, you know, we'll do whatever we have to do. And, and they were like, it came down to it that my husband, when he was 18 had two minors and they denied us because of that. And we were like, he was 18. Like, right, is this right, for right, real? Right. So it was just heartbreaking. I I literally felt like shattered in my heart. Like, why is this happening? I know that I want to do this. I know that I'm called to do this. It's such a passion. And if this is like not going to happen for me, I feel like I'm going to die. Like, it was just oh terrible. Right. But a friend, um, I was, I did daycare at the time. And my friend was like, you know, I know this girl and she adopted and I should just give you her info. And she gave yeah. me her info. And it was the same woman of that article that wrote that article that my girlfriend gave me when we first started our journey. And it felt like this is destiny. You know, it was like, I'm such a, like a science person, like, ah, yes, you know, and we called her and it was like a perfect fit. She's like, yes, yes, yes. You know, it was like all these doors flew open and, um, we did not know this at the time, but this is such an amazing detail to me. The day, you know, those due date calendars, you can find out like Mm -hmm. conception date. The day we signed with them was our daughter's conception date. (laughs) Oh my God. It like, when I think about it, it like, she wasn't ready for us, you know, like right. we went through this process and it was heartbreaking and we spent thousands of dollars, but like we were waiting for her and she was wow. waiting for us, you know, and it was like, it was just meant to be that way. We would have, we would have rushed into something and it wouldn't it have been the right timing. Right. Yeah. Right. So it was yeah. like beautiful. We, when we found that out, it was amazing. But, um, you basically make this profile and it's like, here's my family and this is what we love. And through this agency, you don't stick with like one state. You, they network you through, you pay a little extra, but they network you through different states. We were like with Arizona and Utah and Virginia. I mean, it was all over. Right. And so your chances, your wait time is less. And then this is a sad fact. If you choose a 
black child, the money is less and your wait time is less. What? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Because a lot of these people are Caucasian and they want a child to look like them and for people not to know about adoption. Well, I'm all about like, I'll be your poster child. Like, I love it. Like, give me whatever race. Like, I don't care. Whatever. And so we were like, oh, absolutely. You know, like, put us down. We'll take whoever. So we actually, when we started, we submitted to, I mean, any, we didn't say no to any opportunity we had. We said yes to children on crack. We said yes to mothers addicted to heroin. We said yes to, I mean, any child that other people were saying no to, we were like, yes, we'll take, like, we'll submit. But this is where like the emotional roller coaster hits. I mean, honestly, it is rejection after rejection after rejection where you just question does nobody want me to mother their child? Am I not fit? Am I not good enough? You know, so you basically the agency calls you and says, here's a mom. Do you want to submit your profile to her? And she takes all these profiles and chooses a family. And we would go through this and every email, my heart would drop. You know, it was like every time I had a special email set and my heart would drop and it would be like just that weight game. And, um, we waited, it was about eight months into it. And I was at a point of like desperation. I felt like I couldn't even, and it's not in reality, it's not even that long, but because it's so unknown, it yeah. feels, yep. it, yeah, it just feels like you, feels you don't, longer. yeah, it's just crazy. Right. So we had this situation where this mom, you know, one thing that we were praying, I want to add this, we were like, we just want this birth mom to know without a doubt that we are her family. Like, right, so she'll right. never regret her decision. And that was something that was very important to us, you know? So we, we felt like everything aligned with this mom and and it took her days and they were like, sorry, it's taking longer. It's between you and another family. And part of me felt like, oh, she right. doesn't know. She's not sure of her decision, you know, and that was hard. And it just, I had no right. peace in it, but it was like, I thought for sure that this was it. And when we had that rejection, that blow, it felt like, right. I felt like I, I can't even go on anymore. I remember weeping on the ground, like in the fetal right. position, weeping. I was like, God, my child is out in the world. And I want her to come home. Like I'm dying, you know, like I'm dying. And they say that adoption is the labor of the heart. And by right. every sense of the word, that is true. Like I would rather right. labor a <laughs> right. hundred times over than what it feels like to go through this process of your of laboring in your heart. It's so crazy. And um, it was after that, that we kind of felt defeated. And I remember it was my grandma's 84th birthday it was her surprise party and we got an email and it was like, there's this birth mom. Do you want to submit your profile? And we're like, sure. Why not? You know, we're not going to give up. We're invested. We've spent tons of money already. <laughs> right. And, um, I remember we had to wait over the weekend and we're, my husband and I were sitting in the living room and we're about to watch a movie and the kids, we had tucked them in for bed and my, my son hollers down and he says, mom, we're going to get our baby sister tomorrow. And I said, my husband and I were like, what? Like, what are you talking about, honey? And he's like, I don't know, mom. I just know it. And and it just like brings me to tears because I'm sitting home the next day. And my husband happened to be home from work for a minute. He doesn't usually like come home, but I'm sitting there and I get this phone call and I had chicken wings all over my fingers. Like I'm watching this TV show in the middle of the day, just by myself, like probably sulking in my emotions. (laughs) And I get this phone call that changed my life. Like the call, the phone rings and she says, Samantha, you've been matched. And I was like, oh, I was a mess. Like even every time I think about it, every time I say it, like it brings 
me to tears because those words changed my life. So they were so impactful. Uh, The feeling I had was the most overwhelming. She couldn't even understand me. I was like, Like, and and she's laughing. Oh my gosh. It was the most amazing, amazing moment of our lives. And they said, pack up your bags. Your baby's being born in one week. And we're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And that's how it is. Like we knew that, like you might get a phone call and the baby might be born and you have to leave that night, you know? So it's like, it's so exciting. It was so thrilling. Like at the end of it, I remember thinking that was the most amazing experience I've ever had in my life. And I could live on that like high forever. And so we literally packed up our three, we had three children at the time. And my, um, my mom came and my, like my nanny girl, she was like my nanny. She's like one of my closest friends now, but because they were going to watch our kids and we knew we were going to be out there for a little bit. So we drove across country to Salt Lake City, Utah, yeah. and we got there. And um, you're going there knowing that, like, this woman can change her mind at any second. Oh, like, right. yeah, you can pack up your family, come out here. We've got the money. We're ready to go. And she can change her mind the minute she sees that oh. baby. And, you know, oh, you're so torn because, like, you want right. families together. You know, like, right? I don't right. want to take somebody's child away from them, you know, but, like, also my prayer was give me a child who needs a home, not somebody who, you know, like I don't want to take anybody's child away from them. So that was really hard. But I mean, we met her. She was this beautiful young black woman. God, she was just, I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, you're gorgeous. And she said to us, I knew it was you. She said, I told them, I don't even want to see another profile. And they're like, you need to look at them. You need to just, and she said, no, I don't want to. This is the family for my baby. And it was such a sense of like, Oh my God. Thank you, God. Like, this is perfect. Like, this is exactly what we wanted to. And she allowed us to be in the operating room. We were there at the birth of our daughter and we got to hold her. And then, you know, there's such a stigma on mothers, I think, who give their children up for adoption. But let me tell you, like, I have never witnessed such bravery and courage in my entire life. Like to watch this woman who loves her children, like she had other children, like she knows what it is to be a mother. And she was bawling. We were weeping together. We were all like crying and hugging and we just connected so deeply. It was like, it was amazing. And And she just said, you know, I love this child, but like, I am willing to give her a better life. And that is the most selfless thing I've ever witnessed in my life. And I've had people make ignorant comments like, you know, oh, these birth moms give their babies away. How could they do that? And it's like, you have no idea what you're talking about, you know, and, and we just loved her and we watched as she, you know, handed her child to us and entrusted her to us and they wheeled her out. We watched and she was a mess and it just like wrecked us. We were like, we're supposed to be happy, but like our hearts are broken. You know, we felt for her. I felt like a mother to her. She was much younger than me at the time. I mean, she was young. And, um, I mean, she had her first baby at 12 or 12, I believe. I mean, her life, her story, it broke us. We were like, we want to take you home, you know, like we want to be a part of your life and just crazy. So, um, anyways, we just kept in touch over the years. We decided she wanted to have a closed adoption, but we decided to keep it open. And, um, we just connected over the years and she'd call and we'd talk and, um, 
she ended up one time calling us and saying, I need you guys to adopt my other daughter. Um, and this little girl, and she's in a foster home right now. And we were like, oh my gosh, we had been doing foster care at the time. And we were like, right. we would, we're already approved. Like we have a sibling privilege, like birth mom wants her with us. Absolutely. Yeah. But they wouldn't let us cause they lived across the country. And they just said, um, this child has been in this home for eight months. They right. love her, you know, talk to her. So we talked to the foster mom and she acted like, oh my gosh, we love this child. We've been praying for this child. We just, you know, we didn't feel right. Like trying to fight that, you know, we just felt like right. she's in this good home. We'll come to find out later that family gave her away. They oh. couldn't handle her. And my, when I found that out, I was so heartbroken. I just right. felt like, why they knew, but the reason why they said, and I'll tell you, it plays into the story a little bit. We later got a phone call from the birth mom and she was in a really bad place in her life. She was, um, without going into any personal details of her, she was just in a really bad place and she, she was pregnant again and mm -hmm. she felt like she had no, nowhere to go. And we said, we're going to move you here with us. And I know that like to everybody out in the world, it's like, that's crazy. You don't really know this woman. But right. like I said, I had, we had peace about it. My husband and I were both in agreement about it. We loved her. She was the birth mom to our child. Like, yeah. so it just felt right. We bought her a a bus ticket. She traveled across country. She came here. And that's why that they were like, you know, we didn't feel safe that you had her there. And it was like, we've kept our daughter safe. We know what we're doing. You know? So it was like, it was a really big blow to us to find out that they acted like they wanted her so, so much. And then they just let her go. So mm -hmm. we moved her here and she was like, you know, I think I'm going to give you guys this baby. I just want to adopt this baby to you guys. And we were obviously ecstatic. That was exciting. We would love to adopt again. One being, you know, for our daughter to have somebody to identify with that's been through her journey. And right. for two, a child of color in the home that she can identify with. That's really big right. to us, like for her to be able to have that. But Right. It didn't work out that way. She ended up moving the boyfriend here and um, we helped them get a place. They got a place in our hometown and we got a phone call. There wasn't much contact from us once he came. We got a phone call from um, social services when the baby was about a month old. And they said, um, this child is going to come live with you guys. And we're like, okay. And they brought her, she was a month old and they brought her to our home and they said, you'll be adopting her. There's, there's no way that this, isn't going to turn into an adoption. Like this is basically final. We had her in our home. Um, she grew up for like seven months in our home. So she's about eight months old and she went back home and that was very difficult for our children and for our family. But obviously like you want these families reunited, like, so you're right. torn, you know, it's like you're right. torn between, of course I want families together and I don't want to take a child away from a parent ever. But then it's also like my children are bawling. They're, they don't understand it. They're, they're dealing with loss. They're dealing with grief right. and I am as well, you know? And so it's like, we actually had some back and forth now for a couple of years and they've kind of moved back and come back and gone and, and we've had her in our home here and there. And, um, and that's kind of where it's at. We don't really have a lot of contact with them now. I have yeah. such an amazing love for that child and for, um, Eden's birth mom. And it's just been a crazy emotional journey it's really been right, right. pretty amazing so that's oh. basically the story summed up <laughs> wow that's that's a lot and I have to say 
I commend you. <clears throat> I'm like getting choked up. I commend you for this because I couldn't imagine. I thought about adoption. My ex-husband and I contemplated after our first child was born. And I knew, because I've had friends go through it, I knew that it was not just, oh, yeah, you adopt a baby. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I knew that. I, I Obviously, outside of the expense, the emotional roller coaster, like you're saying, that it, that it is. Um, but people who've not done it have no idea. And yeah. the story really hits home. And not to mention, like, you, you went – to the next level with integrating an open adoption and then having the birth mother to be so involved in the, like you're saying, the grief and the loss of the back and forth with that. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I'm kind of blown away right now. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Um, how would you say, what would, okay. How about this? What was the most difficult part of this entire journey of adoption? So obviously like, like you said, the emotional roller coaster, the rejection, the, but that part, it's like when it ended in a, like a victory of sense, getting eaten, it was all worth it. The pain actually only intensified like the, the joy that came, you know? So I would say that was very difficult, but, um, obviously the back and forth with the birth sister and having, um, the loss of that has been very difficult with Eden, you know, now that she understands everything, we waited to tell her that that was her birth sister until just like a month or two ago because we weren't sure what would happen and we didn't want her little heart to be crushed. And um, so I would actually say the hardest part of all of that would be helping a child through this. We, when we, I know she's known she's been adopted for a, a, obviously she knows she's different. She knows she's black oh, yeah. and she knows <clears throat> that she's different. We've, we wanted to integrate adoption from birth. Like, you know, you have this birth mom that loves you and she loves you so much that she gave you to us to be your mommy and daddy, you know, and, and that's right. been her story, but we protected her in, in details to keep her safe. And so to have your daughter come to you and say, mom, I miss my birth mom. And it's like, oh, honey, I know you do. And I'm so sorry. You know, and like, mom, what was her name? And what does she look like? And it was like, oh, oh babe, I wish I could take this pain, but it's important you feel it, you know? And, right, right, and right, so right. we had conversations about who they were and how much they love her. And and we cried together. She cried and she just like would carry around pictures of them. And for a while, she would say really hurtful things to us. Like, sure. I don't want to live with you anymore. You know, and it was like, and I needed to let her have that. You know, it was like, right. Right. and I didn't want to react. I just was like, it hurt me. But I was like, that's okay. I know that you want to, honey. And right. someday you can go and meet her and spend more time with her. But right now she wanted you to be with us, you know? So it's like, right. I just, I don't get emotional. I don't react because she's, she's looking for that. So that was, right. that's been really difficult. And honestly, people are rude. I don't think they mean to be, right. <clears throat> but I think that there's like a lack of knowledge. They'll say things like she knew she was adopted when she was younger, but people will say things like, oh, who's her real mom? I'm her oh, real mom. You right. know, like, no, I'm right. Or um, where'd you get her? Where'd you get her? Africa? Or oh, oh how, when did you adopt her? And like right in front of her. Oh and my it, God. it's just like, and now lately we like recently cut her hair. We cut her, um, she had some dreads for a while. We cut them out because we wanted to grow her hair. And everyone calls her a boy. 
And all these kids at her predominantly Caucasian school tell her her hair is ugly. And it's like, honestly, when we first adopted her, we had people we love and care about telling people that we were adopting a black baby for attention. I mean, we've dealt with, and it was like, I wanted at that point to slap somebody in the face. I was like, do you even know what I've been through? Do you even know what we've done? You think we're doing this for attention? It was like, and honestly, like since then, obviously people have changed their minds that have been rude. And I mean, there's always like healing in that, but those were the hardest things I think. Oh, I can't even imagine. Um, and to still like have grace and patience with people who are saying ignorant things, that's gotta be <laughs> a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, had to do training on how to deal with it. So I, like... I believe it. I believe it. I would be so, mm, I would say some stuff. <laughs> I would be saying some stuff. Um, oh, I had one, one lady say to me in a Walmart checkout, she was crying and throwing a fit. I mean, she's dealt with some emotional stuff. And we learned from a therapist that there's abandonment wounds from the womb, like that they're real. And so that, you know, she's throwing this fit and we're in this Walmart checkout and the checkout lady says to me, Oh, poor thing. I wonder what she's been through. (laughs) I wanted to be like, are you, I wanted to be like, Oh, you did. Like, but I just like, (laughs) Oh my God. I moving on like I'm gonna freak out I like and I actually used to be this like really hard girl like you don't look at me wrong right. I'm gonna take you out like I've I had a bad past so it's like that rises up in me like oh <laughs> hold me back hold my earrings <laughs> like right, 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 right. we're about to go <laughs> here oh my gosh oh, I love that <laughs> <laughs> how would you say that the adoption process has played into your art and your creativity Okay. So I would say that, um, you know, life is full of ranges of emotion and it, and I want to celebrate every single emotion and every story. And I want to capture, like adoption has taught me to like capture the good, the bad, the ugly, because every picture can tell a story. It really can. And it's like, you can look back and have a picture of a moment of heartbreak, you know, and it's like, but it's your story. I don't want to just celebrate the the best of everything, the beautiful. You know, it's like, I want those real things in there. And that's what kind of adoption is all about. It's about, you know, redemption and heartbreak and pain and loss and, and suffering. And even though, even though she has this family and she loves us and we're her family and we love her and there's no difference of our children, there's pain there. You know, there's suffering, there's heartbreak. And we want that to be okay. You know, that's a part of life. Life is full of that. So I really draw into that and I, I don't shy away from it. I just want to be real and raw. So that's kind of how I use that. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I love, and I'll link this for, for the listeners in the show notes, um, the content that you've created just wrapped around um, your family and documenting your family in such a beautiful, and like you're saying, a really raw way. And, and truly when Sarah and I fell upon your work, we were like, what? <laughs> who is this woman? <laughs> we have to know her. It's so oh, beautiful. Amazing. It makes you feel so deeply. Um, and I can, I can tell, I can tell that that comes from a place of very authentic um, love and pain. Um, yes. And I think that that's part of the, the journey. Like you were saying, just the, oh, the loss and the, the grieving and oh, all of it, all of it intertwined. And I love that you mentioned I love when you're talking about your daughter having to feel these things 
And I know that's got to be so hard. And for any mother, <laughs> you know, you want to mask the pain, you want to know the pain for your child, but they have to feel this stuff. And I think yeah. that, that when they look back at the artwork that you made during this journey, that will be healing for them. Probably. Yeah, I hope so too. That's, that's awesome. And I love that you said that, um, like that you guys just like were drawn to my work because I've dealt with yeah. rejection, honestly, my whole life. And when you guys contacted me, it was such like a, I don't even deserve this type of feeling like this honor. Oh. Like it really felt like, oh my gosh, when I learned who you guys were, I was like, this is, I feel like I, I won the jackpot. Like, how did they contact me? You know, like I'm, I'm just pretty new and starting out. And it was like, I really felt like such a redemptive thing for me because I've dealt with so much rejection in my life. You know, it's kind of been a common theme in my life. So it's really been amazing to have you guys. Oh my gosh. Kind of see me and see you exactly. (laughs) And I don't like, I, I just fell upon your work. Like there was no explanation for it except (laughs) the universe saying, look at her, you know? And, and, And I, and I was like, I remember it was like late at night and I was like, holy shit you know and I was like message Sarah we message all day long we're we're constantly on meetings together and um but just text messaging back and forth all the time of people's work um and finding new educators and just new creatives to inspire um and the biggest thing too and this is something that we talk about a lot in our community um but yeah a good artist yes a good educator absolutely but good people um Mm, like that's a must for us and you really are so we're we love having you Um, thank you truly love being here (laughs) okay so I know everyone's dying to know okay (laughs) five kids that's a lot of children right Sarah has four so you got one more than her and we call it her circus I only have two so I always feel like if I'm complaining it's ridiculous right Um, (laughs) so busy she's like f off right Um, so how are you managing it all with your family marriage creative endeavors teaching for us all of this wrapped into a beautiful tapestry of crazy how are you managing all of it well so I will say that there are days where I'm like Oh my God, get me out of here. <laughs> like, yeah, right. You know, happy Gilmore when that lady jumps on the car, she's like, Mista, Mista. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when my husband comes home, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm out. Like, oh yeah. my gosh, no. But um, it's really like my kids, our family, it's like what I live for. You know, so my husband and I really put an emphasis on family and we let our kids have all done sports, but we don't push that, you know, for like, that's awesome for other families. But like with having so many, we put more of an importance on family time. We do a lot of bike rides together and Mm. board game nights and we do bingo night. And like, and then my husband and I always make sure we put them to bed and we spend time together. We're night owls. So we spend that nighttime together and that's really important for us. And so, you know, we just try to make sure that we keep, um, things in perspective and and make family first and, and make time for that. But yeah, I mean, there are days where I'm like, I used to homeschool my kids actually, I homeschooled wow. for four years. Um, and it wasn't because I had a, like a big problem with the school, but I kind of wanted to be, I felt like they get up and they go for eight hours, they come home, they have a snack and they're gone playing and I never see my children. And I want to be the influencer. Right. I want to teach them to be kind and charismatic and passionate and caring. And, and I want to spend time with them. And, and, um, and I did that. I did it for four years, but it became a thing where it was supposed to be to be closer together, to teach them our values. And it became yeah. about like us fighting. It was like, mm-hmm. read for 20 minutes. I'll read for five. No, read for 20. And it was like, I couldn't do that. And I was mad all the time. And we were like <laughs> getting mad at each other. So I right. think when I sent them off 
to school, it freed me up. Now I'm just home with my youngest one to get more creative. And actually when they started school is when I really started the photography too. So now, I mean, they'd be great to be home all the time again, to have them as subjects, but, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, I think that that's so interesting too, because I I thought about homeschooling for a while actually. Um, my ex husband was like, "That's ridiculous," and, you know, because it's like <laughs> that's where we have people to teach, you know. Yeah. Um, but I agree. Like, I was very, I was interested in like, oh, I want to get some property and have them, you know, kind of unschool a little yes. bit, but also like that. integrate, like what, like what you're saying, like principles and values. Make sure like humanity is number one. Yeah. Um, we didn't do that. I remember we, we had, we were having beers one night and I dropped that idea and it was not well received. <laughs> like, okay. Got it. Copy that. People, we're not doing that. <laughs> negatively about it, but it's actually like, it's been proven that a lot of kids that do unschooling or that do homeschool actually can excel, can really be smarter yep. than, you know, some of these kids who are going to the normal school where you don't learn, everybody doesn't learn the same. So it's like, well, there's a stigma on that too. And people think, you know, you get rude comments about that. People would always be like saying rude things about homeschooling, but whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. People say whatever they don't understand. You yes. know, they say rude things about what they don't understand. But I, I do think that now, like I do have, and like you're saying, like a really good relationship with your kids when you do say, okay, you're going to school now. Yep. <laughs> Mom's going to work and create and I'm going to make some money while you're gone. And then when you come back, it'll be us. And that's yeah. been beautiful for me too. So I'm that's very awesome. grateful for that. I probably yeah. shouldn't be teaching any kids. <laughs> I don't think that I would learn too much. Um, <laughs> except maybe how to use a camera. Um, oh my it's gosh, I love this so much. <laughs> I know there's probably some people listening who are either in the adoption process right now or contemplating it. Um, what advice would you give the people who are in it right now? Yeah, I mean, this is so important because you know, people want to give up. You want to give up. If you're in the process, I want to speak to you, like, do not give up. There are 150 million orphan children in this world. You know, like that number is daunting. And if everybody would just do something for one child, and I know not every family is called to it. And, but if every person would do, I mean, you can support children if you can't take one into your home, you know, like, I just can't think about you know, I would think about what if this was my child and didn't have a mom to say, I love you at night or to tuck you in and tell you you're loved and to give you that sense of security. And it would just break me. So I'd say, just don't give up. There's such a need for it. There's such a need for foster care. Like that's a huge, you know, so I'd just say like, stay in it, take heart, but it's definitely not for the faint of heart. (laughs) You know, you gotta be, you gotta know it's going to be a heartbreaking time. It's going to be ups and downs and highs and lows. And it's, it's hard, you know, but just, you got to keep on and know that there's good coming. So that's what I would say to those in the process. I'd say to those thinking of the process, um, the number one thing I hear is the financing of it. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be completely honest with you. We took out a loan. I mean, we paid, we saved up and we paid a lot it's a lot of money, yeah. but, um, we took out a loan and we just kind of thought people take out loans for cars. You know, they take out loans for things yeah. that are important to them. Why not for our daughter? We don't have the whole amount saved up and we didn't want to do a lot of like, like fundraising, like give us money. We kind of felt like right. this is what we want to do. We're going to figure it out. I mean, there were people who gifted us money and stuff, but we are actually still paying that debt today because we got a terrible loan. We got a terrible loan, but I, I in no way regret that. I still would say 
I'm 100% okay with that decision that we made. Um, and once I learned the breakdown of the money and how it works, it, it didn't bother me because people say like, it's ridiculous. You should be able to adopt a child. You're, you're funding that mom to live and, mm. and to live through that pregnancy, to take care of her. You're funding her medical bills, you know, and then you're, you're funding your child's bills that they'll have medical bills. And there's a lawyer fee, but honestly, these agencies are walking away with, they make like $4,000. Like $4, and if the mom backs out, they make nothing. And they paid for her to like, and then I don't pay them. And then they're out. They just paid for her to live. We actually got stuck in Utah for 21 days because they messed up our paperwork and they couldn't get a hold of the birth mom. And we couldn't leave Utah. We were there for, I mean, we were in this beautiful town. I forgot about the, all about this. We're in this beautiful town named Eden. We chose to go stay. It's right out of Ogden, but we chose to stay there because her name was Eden and we knew her name would be Eden. And we got stuck there and they were telling us like, we were getting upset at one point because every day they'd say, oh, we still don't know. We just, somebody has to go to her house. And I'm like, get me a freaking taxi. I'll pay a limousine to get to her damn house. Like, (laughs) what do we need to do? And they got mad at me and they were like, that baby is technically still in our custody and we can take her back. And my husband's a people person. I'm like, don't razz me, watch out. He's like, give me the phone. And everybody loves him. And he can just be like, hi. And, you know, and they're like, oh, okay. You know, so he actually got it so that we could leave before our paperwork and we just couldn't enter Minnesota. So we stayed on the border in Iowa and we missed our surprise party. People were throwing for us and it was terrible. It was honestly terrible, but I would just say like, you know, it's when you learn about where the money is going and why it costs what it does, it makes sense. And if, you know, if we can take out a loan for a car or, you know, it's like, don't let that there are ways around it. You can fundraise. You can, you know, there's ways to do it for people who are thinking not to, you know, but just know that it's worth it, that every ounce, every penny, every thing you put into it is so worth the reward. I mean, she is our daughter in every sense of the word. And when we went to that court date, it's about six months after we had her and after she was born, it takes about six months in Minnesota. I mean, she was ours from the moment we signed the papers is the way Utah works. Every state is different, but we went there and that judge, it was so beautiful. I wish I had, you know, back then I didn't take pictures and I didn't have people videotaping and I oh, wish yeah. I would have just to hear those words. He said, by law, she is the same inheritance, the same. It was like, she oh. is your daughter. And it was like such a moment of joy and it's right. over. It's, you know, it's like, right. it's so worth everything. And like I said, we're still paying on our loan and it's worth it today. Like, I don't like, she's our daughter. You know, I'd pay a million dollars for any one she, of my children, you know? So it's definitely worth it. Don't let the money scare you. And don't let the scary stories scare you. I mean, I had people saying in the process, like, cause it took so long, they'd say, well, maybe your daughter's too blonde. A black woman doesn't want a child, a black child living with you, you know, like maybe that's not God's plan for you. And it was like, shut up. Don't talk to me. (laughs) Like don't discourage me. So I'd say like, surround yourself with people who have your back and are just like going to pick you up when you fall down in this process, because it's not just a, oh, in and out and we have a baby, you know, it's like, you need support. You need to surround yourself with people who will be in your corner and just like cheer you on and say, no, you know that this is right. Get up and do this. Like you got this. So yeah, absolutely. It all goes back to community. Yeah, that's right. That's so good. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Sam, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story with us. Um, Thank you for having me. 
Yes. And you guys follow along on her journey. I will uh, drop her links in the show notes so that you can follow along and see her beautiful family and be inspired by her. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to us that you're here and we hope you walk away feeling inspired as hell. If you're not already a student in Unraveled Academy, go to www.theunraveledacademy.com. You can also access the link below. Come join us. We have a seat waiting with your name on it.